Welcome to episode 14 of the Dealers Compressed podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly, and I'll be your host today. We're going to talk about some interesting things, and we have a special guest, none other than Matt Weinberg, the Senior Vice President of Consumer Experience at Drive Motors. He's been a car guy for a long time. Uh, We're not going to be talking about a specific solution to digital retailing. Matt talks a lot about his experience in the car business. He talks about, you know, some things that he's learned working with some of the largest groups in the country, like Lithia, Asbury, Hendrick. And we're going to actually have some good conversation over some things that I think you'll relate to. One, like, why do people actually use Amazon Prime? Nobody's ever told me because it's the least expensive, ever. What's the value proposition they see? Uh, another fun part of the conversation was the words people use to describe car dealers. Suspect. And uh, there's one in there that I think is really accurate as far as what the customer's perception is coming in. We talk about some great statistics. Less than half of 1% liked the way you sold them a car. Well, not so great statistics for us as the automobile industry, but valuable statistics that help us shape our empathy as customers walk into our stores. And so we're going to get into that interview in just a minute. I want to also talk about something great that the Dealers Compressed family here did last week. We were able to go out to Chicago and spend some time with Dale Pollock. Uh, in in a way, this was kind of a, a great wrap up of the the compressed series where we did the review and the the media production around his book. Uh, he was nice enough to give us a couple of hours, and we actually filmed it. So we'll, we'll be releasing the video form of the interview. We didn't just talk about the car business; we talked about legacy. They all got a little personal, which was fantastic. And I love the fact that I think people are going to see the essence of the man that created these things for the auto industry, but really more than the essence, you can see the heart of the man behind it. So we just had a great time and really connected. So we're looking forward to releasing that content, video, and podcast form soon. But for today, we're going back. We're talking customer experience with Matt Weinberg, the Senior Vice President, Consumer Experience at Drive Motors. I hope you enjoy the interview. So Matt, welcome to the Dealers Compressed podcast, and thank you for setting aside some time from your very busy schedule to share some of your wisdom with our audience. My pleasure. Excited to be a part of it. So can you give us a brief synopsis of how you ended up in the industry, kind of what brought you to this point in your career? For me, it was a matter of necessity. My wife and I got pregnant and child on the way, hadn't finished college yet. That changes things. Yeah, and my, my, my father had just declared bankruptcy. He had been a very successful businessman. And I had a good friend who was in the industry and he said, look, you can make money pretty quick selling cars. And so, you know, we were buying leads from AOL. Oh man, way back. They were faxing them to us. There was no, no email addressing, you know, so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of ties to that, Paul, to what's happening today, in my opinion, right? Because dealers are looking at what we're doing at Drive Motors and as we talk about online checkout and digital retailing and it's such a small part of the business but really that was the same thing back then and so it's a really interesting dichotomy that what we considered back then to be completely forward thinking and cutting edge is now what I I call traditional sales model yeah even even in the form of phone ups and you know a website lead yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. I mean, we're in interesting times in the auto business, to say the least. You know, kind of the segue, you know, the customer wants a firm grip on the wheel when it comes to, you know, the way they purchase. Heard a lot of conversations lately, you know, is the road to the sale dead? Um, does the customer just dictate the road to the sale now? 
And so we talk a lot about the Amazon effect. Uh, you know, I strongly believe that that it's not that the road to the sale is dead. It's just when and where we're communicating to customers and how we're communicating to customers that's different. I learned this from one of my mentors, Dennis Coloma. I don't know if you know Dennis, but he was the vice president of training at Auto by Tail back in their heyday. Okay. And what he trained was, look, the road to the sale is the same. But, but back then he said, look, the meet and greet, the fact find, the inventory walk and product presentation are happening electronically at that time. He's like, they're coming, they're submitting a lead, you're sending an email, this is their first impression of you. Yeah. You should be asking questions like, hey, did you were you attracted to that car by because of price, because of color, right? And then show them some of your inventory, give them three options. Price the vehicle that they asked for, give them something 10% less and give them a used option. I think it's the same story today, meaning we're just adding more steps to the electronic process. Right. In other words, it's still the same steps to the sale, but now all of a sudden, not only is meet and greet, fact find, inventory, walk, product presentation online, but so is the trade evaluation. Right. Absolutely. So, so analysis, and they're doing it electronically. Sans human contact. I just, I just saw. Interesting, you say that. I just saw a stat that said, you know, the road to the sale averages twenty four touches, and now the benchmark is nineteen of those are digital. Right, exactly. And so, and that's part of the theory behind, you know, sell less to sell more. Because as human beings, when we think about psychology, we want control of the experience. We don't want somebody else to control that experience. And so, you know, we're teaching dealers that you need to look at not only Apple, but Warby Parker is another great example for any dealers that are not looking at Warby Parker. They have to be studying that. Uh, Nordstrom just launched a new model where they have much like, I mean, you know, 10% the size of their store, maybe even less with no in it. I haven't seen that. So it's just come to our location and we'll shop with you. We'll give you a personal shopper. It will help you shop. We have clothes you can try on. And then after you choose what you want, we will deliver it to you. It's all about service. I remember, I think it was Nordstrom's like this, this epic tale of someone who brought uh, like a tire back to Nordstrom's and he swore he bought it at Nordstrom's and they, they took the return and obviously they don't sell tires, but um, it looks like they're keeping with brand. They're staying on brand. Exactly. It's consumer experience. And so, and so that's really the methodology behind Apple. And then just a, you know, a little bit more on the set, you know, sell more by selling less is that people don't want to be sold, right? You know, it's the old saying that everyone wants to buy, but nobody wants to be sold. And we want yeah. to buy, in our own way. And I'll give you a, another example that I just encountered as a consumer. Literally yesterday, I've received something in the mail. Of, hey, you know, here's a, a four night stay at the Weston Kierland Villas in Scottsdale, Arizona for $349. And of course, they're going to try and sell me a timeshare, but I'm sitting there going, you know what? I've stayed at the hotel attached to that property. It's gorgeous. My wife's not been there. So I'm like, hey, maybe I'll do this. And I'm reading, and I can't do this online. It basically said, call us, email us here with with your personal number. And I was already annoyed. I'm like, I don't want to talk to somebody. So then I thought, well, let's see what happens with the email, right? So I email them, and I just put the number in and quickly said, please tell me more about this. And their response was, what's the best phone number to reach you at? (laughs) Already. And I responded, if this requires a phone call, I'm not interested. Yeah, they're not even trying to digitally communicate. Right. Like as a consumer, 
it's too much time and too much work. Like I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that gets upset when someone leaves me a voicemail, <laughs> you know, especially when the voicemail just says, Hey, just give me a call back when you get a second. Yeah. Hey, call me. Yeah. I said that. I don't, I try not to leave too many voicemails for exactly that reason. I'm- you know, that, well, what you just said, you know, talking about the hassle that it involves, one of the stats that Dale quoted in the book, like I see it, is it from an NADA study and you quoted a very similar thing or the same stat. It's an auto trader stat from the car buyer, the future study. And it states that only 17 yep. out of like over 4,000 customers say they like the current buying experience. Yeah. It's incredible. Was, was that, is that accurate? 17 over like 4,000 and change or something like that. The way I always describe that number to the dealers is, Hey, that's less than half of 1%, <laughs> less than half of 1%. Like the way you sold them a car. It's, it's incredible. And, and we're sitting here going, you know what? It's not broken. Let's not fix it. I'm making money. I'm selling cars. They seemed happy. They were smiling. And the dealers that realize, oh my gosh, this is a huge opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. Because if I can make the other 99.5% happy, where are they going to shop? Absolutely. It's a land grab. Yeah. It really is. I mean, Dale, Dale also quoted a driving sales research study saying, you know, 99% of customers expect a hassle. So that's like a different flavor. So not only do they not like it, but they expect to be hassled, like when they're walking in. I hate going places where I expect to be hassled. Yeah, there's no question. Like forcing. Paul, I, I travel a lot for work and I just sold my, my vehicle. My wife had been in a van for for 16 years because we got the three kids i took her shopping she's like looking at a 370z you know <laughs> she's going the opposite I'm, way now. I'm like babe we still like we still have three kids you know what i mean like <laughs> you can't go that great but eventually it dawned on me and i don't know why she never had suggested it but it, I'm like you know what i'm like i travel all the time anyway i'll sell my car and get you whatever you want and i'll take the van I drive it on the week. Like I'm here at home a few days a week, you know? It's a good plan. And then we decided we were going to sell the van because now I got one in college. This was January. I still haven't bought a car. You know why, Paul? You just don't want to be hassled. I don't want to deal with it. And I'm in the business. I'm talking to dealers all day long and I don't want to go buy a car. That's crazy. Like That should tell you the mindset of the customer right there. That is like, do you think that there's an element of just – just trust involved or is it just hassle for you? A little bit of both. I think for me, it's mostly hassle, but I think for a lot of people, you've got that trust element, right? And this all comes down to trust and credibility, right? You know, sometimes I struggle to get the dealer's light bulb to go off in their head. They think about adding digital retailing and they're thinking about their side and what it means. And they're not thinking about how it builds trust and credibility with the car buyer. A recent study from Auto Trader said that almost nine out of 10 car buyers say that they're more likely to buy from a dealership that offers online checkout. Now, that's in comparison to the fact that today, for our dealers, we're seeing it's three to 10% of their business. And so it's one of these scenarios where the customer wants the choice to do it, but most of them aren't ready to do it. So you think the online checkout is, is a trust building factor, regardless of how many people actually choose it. Yeah, Paul. So, and again, I'm going to give credit to my mentor, Dennis Clemmy. I'm going to make sure that he listens to our podcast. But one of the things that I really enjoyed in the middle part of my consulting career with dealers 
was getting the light bulb to go off with how do you handle an internet lead? So I'm going back eight, 10 years, okay. eight, 12 years. And I was doing a lot of internet sales process training. First thing that we would do when we would do internet sales process training is we'd sit down with the GM or dealer principal. And I'd say, Paul, so you just had somebody go on your website. They said, I want a price on a Honda Accord. They literally wrote in, I want a price on the Honda Accord. And I'd say, Paul, how do you want to handle this? And nine times out of 10, that GM or dealer principal would say, well, I want to call them and bring them in. Yep. Get them in. Get them in. Right. Just, just get them in here and then we'll handle it. And I would say, okay, pause for a second. Can you give me one word to describe how customers feel about car dealers? If you could only use one word, what would that be? And I do this again today, but back then they would say things like, and they say the same things today, untrustworthy, sleazy, slimy, things like that. My favorite answer, by the way, that I ever received was suspect. <laughs> and I, I love that answer because I don't think that the, that the consumer automatically assumes that you're untrustworthy, slimy, or sleazy, but they suspect you might be because you're a car dealer. But no matter, no matter what they shared with me, we would kind of you know do word association until either they said the word fear or eventually I would say, look, all of those things lead to a visceral, emotional response of fear. 100%. Because they suspect that you might be sleazy, slimy, untrustworthy, they are afraid. Right. They have fear. So when they come to your website and they're thinking, okay, car dealer can't trust them, but you know what? I need a car. And they submit a lead back then for a price on a Honda Accord, and your response is to call them and say, hey, don't worry about price. We've never lost a car deal on price. When can you get in here? There you go. Did you alleviate their fear or exacerbate it? Oh my Did you gosh. get further to the sale or further from the sale? Now they're anxious. Because trust and credibility in your showroom is gross profit and closing percentage. It's the same thing online. And today, it's the same thing that's happening. Because if I come to your website... I don't trust you. I suspect that you you might be a little bit untrustworthy because you're a car dealer and you don't want to be transparent about pricing. If I come to your website and you have a button that says buy online, I go, oh, wow. And then next to it, I see get our best price. I'm going, wait a second. So if I buy online, I'm not getting your best price? Right. I have to pick one. Yeah. So, so what's happening there? Again, I'm now going, okay, typical car dealer. I think dealers don't realize, forget for a second that you want to create a different brand and position, which is something that I talk a lot to my dealers about. Like, what is your position in the marketplace? What is your brand in the marketplace? But if they come to your website, even if you're not positioning that, hey, we do business different, the worst case scenario is that you're positioned that, hey, I'm a typical car dealer. And that's what dealers don't realize, that they're actually conveying that message most of the time on their websites. That's absolutely true. You know, we've been talking so much about brand. And one of the things that we're trying to, to get across, like you say, that light bulb moment is the fact that name recognition is not the same thing as people understanding your brand. Exactly. You might have kitschy commercials. You might be the biggest person in the pond and people might know who you are, but that doesn't mean they want to buy a car from you. Right, so this top of the mind marketing that has worked thus far, like we think that as dealers, and this goes right down to the digital execution, like how many of those twenty-four touches are now digital, and how many of those are loud and kitschy and recognizable. However, they don't connect, they don't alleviate the fear, 
And they just increase the level of suspect, as you said. It all ties together. It seems like that's one of the things that you're trying to do at Drive Motors, saying it's all related. How, how they access your website, the process they walk through, what they see and what they feel when they interact with you, right back to that Nordstrom's conversation. Like, what do you feel when you walk in a Nordstrom store? What do you feel when they know your name and know what you bought last? So it, it seems like that's what you're moving toward at Drive Motors as well, is that overall feel to build trust and to decrease the level of suspect. Yeah, and, and it's all about experience, right? And this is about ease of use. And again, again, just sharing that example with Western Vacations, where it's like, look, I don't want to make a phone call. Like that's too much. Yeah, we are, you know, we no are thanks. in a day and age where the consumer is starting to compare everything in their lives to the best experiences that they're having because there's Absolutely. so many great experiences out there. So they're comparing. You know, what's it like when I come to this dealership website to consider buying a car from them? They're comparing that to Apple, to Amazon. So it's so critical. And I think on this conversation about, you know, brand, I think you've got brand and you've got positioning, right? Because your brand name, they know your brand name, but how is that brand name positioned in the market? Yes. Is it positioned as the place where it's the, this is the easiest place to buy a car? Because that's what people care about. I ask dealers all day long, hey, are you an Amazon Prime user? And almost all of them say yes. Mm -hmm. And I ask them, why do you use Amazon Prime? Nobody's ever told me because it's the least expensive, ever. That's so true. They always tell me the same thing. It's easy. It's convenient. Like nobody has ever said, oh, it's the cheapest. In fact, some of them you know, will come right out and go, well, ease and convenience. I know it's not the cheapest. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I never think about it that way. But when I shop at Amazon, I'm not upset if I pay a little bit more. No. Just because it's already purchased it on its way by the time I think about it. Exactly. Wow, that's a good point. It's not about price. I mean, it was early on at Amazon. Sure. But they have this condition that this is about experience. And ease of use is critical too. If Amazon suddenly tomorrow changed their website and it was and it became harder to order from them, Oh yeah. You'd switch, you'd start going somewhere else. It's not just how long it takes to get to my place. It's how easy is it for me to order. And that's where I like, you know, my perspective and why I chose to come to Drive Motors is our philosophy is how do we make this as easy as possible for the consumer? And we took that from Steve Jobs, right? Steve Jobs in 1997 is quoted as saying, you start with the end user experience and work your way back to technology. Yep. And so Everything we do about do is how do we make this easy for the customer? And just some quick examples of that, like you know, we use Kelly Blue Book data because it's the only brand the customer recognizes. So there's a great example of, of trust awareness. Absolutely, the only one that they trust, right? So we're building trust and credibility by using their brand. But if you've been through Kelly Blue Book's trade-in steps, they ask a hundred questions. So we took their data, we pay them for that, and we pay to use their brand so we can build you know, trust and credibility on behalf of the dealer. But we don't ask questions like, how many keys do you have? What's the tire tread look like? What's the VIN number? The other thing is friction, right? We, we are talking a lot these days about you know, frictionless transactions. Absolutely. So if we ask for the VIN number, 60 to 65% of our orders happen when the dealership is closed. So presumably they're at home, on the couch, the family's there, maybe the TV's even on, 
right? And right. now they got to get outside. Yeah. yeah. If they have to get up, it's over. They're done. And they may, and because they won't get up, right? They're just going to start. I'll do it tomorrow. Talk I'll to their family. Yeah. So this is one example of where, you know, everything we do is ease of use. How do we make this incredibly easy for the customer? Because again, that's what they're comparing us to. They're comparing us to the Amazon experience. They're comparing us to Uber. 100%. And the friction, the ease of use, the feeling suspect, the distrust, the, the good parts of the business that have been hanging on will just continue to decline over the next five years. And if we're not pivoting to address and court these new buyers with empathy in mind at every step, then, then the dealers that get it are going to disproportionately win. Can you give us like the coolest thing you're excited about what you're doing right now? Um, so the most exciting thing that we're seeing is that the dealers that embrace this are finding that they actually can make more money per car deal when they do this and when they do it right. And that's the biggest misperception is that, hey, I don't want to do this because my gross profit's going to go down. And what we're finding is that dealers can actually make more money when a customer goes through online checkout because a customer will pay more when they sell themselves. Absolutely. And so, for example, we have a publicly traded group. We're in all of their stores and they tell us, this is them telling us anecdotally that they see almost a $700 increase in gross profit when a customer goes through our online checkout platform compared to all the other ways they sell cars. And almost all of that is in F&I. Wow. And I think that, you know, it's really exciting because dealers are like, well, I, I want the chance and opportunity to start from scratch on that, on that side. See, in their minds, hey, you know, the new car side is a race to the bottom right. in terms of the front end of the sale. And so this is our last bastion. But what we're seeing is that we're seeing an actual lift. And it makes sense. Again, all of this is about consumer psychology. A consumer, we already know, that's been exposed to F&I product before they go into the box buys more F&I product. Yep. One that hasn't been exposed. Yep. They're going to say no, no matter how great your gap explanation is. Right, right. Just because they're afraid. So it's, it's almost, it's very similar to the fact, you know, we want to get them in to get them in the box so we can explain, explain, explain. It's very similar to the timeshare company that wants you to talk on the phone because they feel like they're going to get a ringer on the phone that's going to close you when exactly. all in all, if you have more options online, like the data is showing that $700 more gross profit driven by F&I, like the data is not lying. Wow, that's really interesting. Correct. And then there's another public trade group that we do their used car operation They've got used car only stores and they just published an article in automotive news about how that those dealerships are grossing more F and I than the rest of their dealers. So I, I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence. There you have it. So that's what I'm most excited about. And again, the other thing that I would just say from an excited part for me, which I know will, you know, really ring true with you as well, Paul is for me, I'm just excited to work with dealers and to help them go down this path. That's what I love doing. You know, the fact that I come from the dealer world was another big reason that I chose Drive Motors. From the very beginning, one of the things I love about our CEO, Aaron Crane, is from the very beginning, he said, look, I want to help dealers provide this consumer experience. Excellent. I do. I do resonate with that because again, leading dealers to a success is, is what we're about, what we've been about. I mean, we've 
we've run an auto reconditioning company, kind of an out, out, outlier, a reconditioning company for the last 16 years. It's one of the reasons I connected with Dale. We've run this company inside the industry. Dale has been a dealer generation. So like he's got just a built-in love for dealers and watching them succeed and helping them grow. So I, I do resonate with what you just said. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving us your, your valuable time. I know you're busy. You're running all over the country. Tell us, how can our listeners connect with you uh, if they want to reach out? What's the best way? Yeah, the best way is probably to email me, matt at drivemotors.com. You can also obviously visit our website, drivemotors.com. Uh, and you're also welcome to call me on my mobile phone. Again, I love to talk about online checkout, digital retailing, and just the automotive space in general. My mobile is 561 926 Great. We're going to post all of that. Uh, in the show notes so that people can connect with you. And uh, I hope that's what they do together, that dealers just get better and we can move forward in this brave new world. Matt, thank you so much for taking some time with us. Absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Be well. So thanks again for listening to the Dealers Compressed podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast or leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Also, go to dealerscompressed.com where we have a ton of resources. We've actually created an entire video series around Dale Pollock's book, Like I See It, and use it as a resource to train your team to get up to speed on what's going on with millennial buyers and employee, employee culture and manufacturer incentive programs and a whole list of other things. Pass it up to the owner of the group. If you're the owner of the group, pass it down to your management team so you can be aligned and on the same page. We have an email list. Please subscribe to it on the website. We release fresh content every Tuesday and we'll send it right to your inbox. Also, my name is Paul J. Daly. I would love it if you followed along with my journey. I do a lot in automotive and the creative worlds. You can go to pauljdaily.com. That's P-A-U-L-J-D-A-L-Y, pauljdaily.com, where you can follow along on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. And we can just walk the journey together and hopefully inspire one another and get better together. So again, thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week.